Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 24 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're going to be reading chapter 2 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. If you want to contact me, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and right there, there's some links to contact me via Twitter, email, or Mastodon. And uh, there's also some links if you want to buy either of these books that have been featured on this podcast, and you too can be disappointed in person. Very exciting. So, we're on to Chapter 2 of Offworlder today. Uh, I didn't get any feedback from last week. Uh, that's not too surprising, I suppose, right? <laughs> but that's okay. I have no problem with that. Uh, specifically... Uh, my wife, she hasn't finished the first episode of Offworlder here. And she has to get a little bit further along. Uh, that, that's fine. She had one of her days, she had Friday off, so she didn't get to listen to it at work and stuff. So eh, no big deal. No big deal. Um, the only feedback she did give me was that I was indeed a chatty Kathy last episode. <laughs> and I think that's fair. <laughs> she did think, uh, what did she say? Basically, when I mentioned that I was gabbing it up all episode, yeah, she definitely agreed. And I got a text saying such pretty quickly right after that. So, so today I'm still reading the freaking ebook. So I ordered two copies of Offworlder from Amazon in paper form, right? Very exciting to get the paperback versions. This order went through, you heard me talk about the order last week, so I put it in on July 11th. We are now 10 days after July 11th, and they still haven't even shipped the freaking books. I don't understand how people rely on Amazon for anything, because, oh my God, it takes them forever. And I've heard people say, well, if you had Prime, it would probably come faster. Why would I give them money when they already treat me like shit? Why would I send more money to these people? It, that's absurd. Oh, they make me so mad. And they have this like progress bar showing the status of your order. And, you know, it starts with ordered and then the next square says shipped. And it has been like arbitrarily moving down between ordered and shipped until it got stuck because they haven't friggin' shipped the goddamn book. <laughs> so it stuck at like their last increment before it has to show shipped. And it's been like that for like four days. Because Amazon stinks at everything. Yeah. I don't understand. I, I just don't understand people's love of it. Oh, God. I, well, you know what? I complain about everything. So I was going to say, why don't you just get it at Walmart? But we all remember the trash can episode where I ranted about that. So eh, I guess there's really no solution, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm just really annoyed that it hasn't come. So now they're saying it will definitely be here by Tuesday, which seems extremely unlikely, just given how long it's taken so far. But we'll see. Uh, but uh, hopefully I can read to you from the damn paper book where I can give you actual page counts, because this sucks doing it on the ebook. I had to. I almost forgot to charge my tablet, the Windows tablet, baby. I almost forgot to charge it today. I bought this Windows tablet... Ooh, it was a Windows 8 tablet, and I upgraded to 10, but it's like, uh, I paid like $60 for it, I think. I mean, brand new. It, it is, it's 
it's $60 worth of tablet if you catch my drift. But the battery life on this thing, it's Windows 10, so all it does is try to update itself, which it can't. It always tells me I need to free 8 gigabytes of disk space. Well, it's an 8 gigabyte tablet, so that's not going to happen. But anywho, um, the battery life, I don't know, it's probably like three hours, so it's very nerve-wracking. I have to turn off Wi-Fi for this podcast because I'm afraid it's going to burn out while I'm doing it. In fact, it's been on for a while here, and I'm getting kind of nervous. I think we're going to be okay today. We're going to be okay. And that's because today we are reading Chapter 2 of Offworlder. So the ebook says that this is an eight-page chapter. Um, these are eight ebook pages. I think last time it said 13, but then I went back and it said it was not. I, I don't understand ebooks. It said it was nine pages after that. So uh, maybe I don't have the font size set right, or maybe I used a different app. I don't know. Ugh. Who gives a crap? Anyway, in this chapter, I did breeze through it pretty quick. Uh, we're going to meet some more new characters. This is exciting, you know, and I think they're going to appear in the book quite a bit. Um, but the big news is we're going to meet one of our favorites. Yep, that's right. There's another major character coming up, and everybody should get really jazzed about it. So I don't really want to wait too much longer, because this is going to be... You know what, this is actually kind of a boring chapter, but we're going to get through this, okay? It's exciting, but not in a, like, you know, magical fighting sort of way. More in a, ooh, it's the people we like. You know, it, that kind of thing. Did that make any sense? Probably not. But regardless, let's go ahead and dive in to chapter two. So while we're reading today, I'm going to be sipping on some... Evan Williams, 1783, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, On the Rocks. I mentioned that this is a classic from, what, the Bringing Balance episodes, and I really enjoy this one. I actually have some Wild Turkey 101 upstairs, too, but I thought I'd go a little mild, because uh, I think me and my wife might go out for lunch after she gets home. She went out to, she takes care of animals. Isn't she nice? She takes care of animals at the uh, animal shelter. So after she gets home, we might go out and I might have to drive. So 101 is probably a terrible, terrible idea. But this 1783 is quite satisfying. Oh, yes. Mmm. I love this stuff. I might have to get some more halfway through this chapter. We're going to see. We're going to see. My ice is almost all, all the way melted, though. Eh, we'll see. All right, so let's start reading, shall we? I think I used a different application last time to read because this font is, like, killing my eyes. All right. Janie and Henry led the way south down the road they had just recently traveled on past the temple. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sentence alone is just clear word padding. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can make this font bigger. Oh, it's great. I have no idea. How do you... Oh, don't you pull down? Um, uh, settings. Settings. Let's see here. Font size. Let's do large. Well, this is going to throw off my number of pages entirely. All right. The sun was still blazing above the pair as they walked slowly with their packs and studied the hustle and bustle of the surrounding neighborhood. Mostly, they saw people unloading horses or floating furniture between houses. Get it? Floating, because they're magical. 
Not only were new people arriving today, but also veteran mages were upgrading to better accommodations based on seniority. Ugh, this is just reeks of, like, moving into college. I'm kind of embarrassed by this. <laughs> Henry turned and smiled as Joe hurried up behind them. Turning back to Janie, he asked, So where do all the other mages go? They've moved on from here. Where are they now? A lot go to work for the magistrates, I think. Maybe they go off to work on their own, she said thoughtfully. Isn't isn't that the goal? Joe asked quietly. What? Janie asked, looking down at him quizzically. Yeah, because Janie's tall. I think we established that. Um, working for the magistrates, he explained, with a question mark for whatever reason. Henry shrugged, having no real idea if there was supposed to be a goal at all. For some, I suppose, she replied. Some people aren't fond of them and prefer working out here in the pasture lands away from them. Oh, Joe said simply. Whose house first, Henry asked after a few moments of walking. Not mine, Janie said. I'm not looking forward to meeting roommates. You'll have to meet them at some point, Henry explained. Perhaps, she responded. You're not living with me, Henry warned. Maybe for a few days, she joked. Henry just shook his head. I'm going to run over to mine, Joe said, and started heading off the road. My stuff was supposed to be taken there already. Do you want us to come with you? Sorry, had some trouble with that. Do you want us to come with you, Henry asked? Uh, no, I'm fine, he said, walking away. It was nice meeting you, Joe, Janie called. Joe turned and waved, nearly tripping as he did. Ha, <laughs> he's awkward. <laughs> he seems fun, Henry said. How so? Janie asked, looking confused. Henry shrugged wordlessly. Drinking break! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about that section is I have no idea whose perspective that was from. There was no, like, inner monologue whatsoever. The pair chose a random path to turn off the main road and head into the collection of homes southeast of the temple. Henry pulled out his map and began searching for their location within the settlement. Ah, it has a marker, he said. Oh, my voice cracked. Ah, it has a marker, he said, noticing the red dot that moved on the paper as the pair walked. Wonderful! Look at that, magical GPS. After walking for five minutes, Henry saw the little stone building with a thatched roof that would be his home. The front was adorned with a simple arched door with two small windows on each side. A single chimney, stone like the house, rose on the north side. <sighs> There's a lot of, like, cardinal directions in this book. <laughs> Henry rushed along the path to the front door. It's tiny, Janie said when she caught up with him. He waved off her comment. It's great, he exclaimed. He shoved the key in the door, felt the lock disengage, and entered the single room inside. Like many houses Henry had encountered in this world, the interior never matched the exterior. Inside, finished wood covered most walls halfway up, hiding the irregular stone behind them. The windows had carefully constructed sills that provided a level surface for any sort of knick-knack. 
<laughs> the floor itself was also a finished wood, waxed and polished to a reasonable shine. In this particular house, there was a single table with three chairs, a bed in the far corner with matching chest, a kitchen area surrounding the stone fireplace, and a door in the corner leading to a bathroom of some sort. D- I guess, I think we've talked about this, but I guess they would just cook in like hearths. Yeah, that stinks. No stoves or like stovetops. This place is great, exclaimed Henry. He ran to the bed and sat down, bouncing. How would he bounce? Do you think they had spring mattresses? I don't think they, I don't think it would bounce. I feel like it's full of something like hay or feathers. Ugh. I don't know. Or magic foam or something like that. Are Casper mattresses actually magical? I think maybe. A little small, wouldn't you say? Janie asked, not expecting an answer. She wandered into the kitchen area only a few feet from where Henry sat grinning and began looking through the cabinets. A. I don't need any space. <laughs> I think it's eh, eh, more like a meh. Eh, I don't need any space, he said. He waved his hand, and his pack by the door rose from the floor and floated over to the bed. Pulling open the top, he hauled out a large glass bottle and two, wrapped, two glasses wrapped in paper. He rose, walked over to the single square... He rose and walked over to the single square table. Janie came over to join him. I'm going to make a quick note about uh, something I just read for discussion questions, right? Uh, Let me just see here. Uh, Done. Let's keep going, huh? Henry poured two glasses of whiskey with an E, so it's American, (laughs) and pushed one towards Janie. Both touched their glasses with their index fingers. Oh, oh. Both touched their glasses with their index fingers, and a frost formed on both as the whiskey instantly cooled. (laughs) Ah, magic. Always good for helping with functional alcoholism. To new adventures, Henry said, raising his glass. To new adventures, and hopefully good roommates, Janie replied, clinking her glass against his. And on that little whiskey note, drinking break. Mm-mm. We're getting a little low, but I might be okay. Mm. We'll see. Who knows how many drinking breaks are left? I don't think... Did, uh, again, I don't think we know what perspective that section was from. Hmm. All right. According to his booklet, all new mages were to report to the temple by 5 o'clock that evening for orientation and introductions. After some light drinking, snacks, and laughter, Henry and Janie departed for the temple. At this time of year, the sun still hung high in the sky, although the temperature seemed to have dropped somewhat. Both had donned their official robes, as they had agreed it would be best to make a good first impression. When they arrived at the temple... Henry pulled the door open and waved Janie through. The pair found themselves in a foyer of sorts, with three doors opening into the main hall, because that seems like useless information for setting. Peering in, Henry saw two columns of benches on the main floor and two raised sections running along the side walls, each with two additional rows of seats. <laughs> Toward the front, what Henry considered to be the, quote, altar area, 
Small groups of mages had gathered. Janie and Henry paused at the inner doors, studying the people already present. We're late, Janie whispered. No, we're not, Henry responded quietly. Scanning the room, Henry said, Do you see anyone you know? A few, Janie replied. Henry knew she was far more connected than he, having grown up in this world and traveled with her father, also a healer, for most of her life. He waited for her to lead him in, but she stood silent. Seeing Joe on the left side of the room standing awkwardly, oh, because he's awkward, on the outskirts of one group of mages, he grabbed her robes and tugged her to follow. They traversed the back of the main hall and walked along the northern aisle toward the altar. Quote, altar, again. (laughs) Of course there's a cardinal direction. Why does this matter? (laughs) Joe heard their approach and turned, looking surprised when he recognized them. Joe, Henry said, holding out his hand. It's nice to know someone here. Uh, hi again, he said, clearly nervous. Are we late? Henry asked. No, Joe responded, shaking his head. Nobody's spoken. Nobody's come out yet. I guess not. It's more like dot, dot, dots. If you read the book, which you can buy if you go to jeffreadsbook.com, <laughs> then you'll see that I put a lot of ellipses when Joe speaks, and I'm starting to get annoyed with it. <laughs> oh, good, Henry responded. <laughs> Some other mages turned to look at Janie and Henry, most ignoring Joe. Oh, because he's awkward. One large man, clearly having a muscular, intimidating, and intimidating build under his robes, walked up to Henry and Janie. Devon Harbridge, warrior class two, he said firmly, shaking Henry's hand. Henry McCallum, same, he said, smiling. And this is Janie the 17th, he said, winking at her. And this is my friend Joe, who I just met a few hours ago. Devon? Devon? Would you say Devon or Devon? I think Devon would have an accent, so we're going to go with Devon. Devon looked Henry up and down at his pronouncement of his profession. After looking at his shoes, he looked him in the face, grinning. I look forward to training with you. Likewise, Henry said as he moved on to greeting Janie. Oh, oh, he is Devon. Okay. A dark-skinned woman then strode up to Henry, saying, Alyssa Ochoa, Warrior Class 1. Nice to meet you, he responded, shaking her hand. Is everyone over here a warrior mage? Mostly yes, she responded, glancing at Joe with almost contempt in her eyes. Henry noted her disapproval. Before he could say much else, two older mages, complete with long gray beards that Henry would expect a senior wizard to possess, strode up the center aisle, followed by another three mages. It's a lot of numbers to remember. Uh, Everyone followed them with their eyes as they passed. When they neared the front of the temple, Henry's eyes wandered to the other group of newcomers across the room. His eyes froze on one mage in particular. He elbowed Janie, who was trying to stand with some reverence toward her seniors. What? She whispered, leaning towards him. Did you hear me? I, I don't know if my whisper was loud enough. What? She whispered, leaning towards him. Who is that? Henry asked quietly. Joe was now leaning in as well. Who is who? She said, now looking across the room. Henry pointed, subtly, he hoped, to a woman across the room. She seemed relatively small, slim based on her shoulders, for she wore a black robe like everyone. 
and had sleek black hair falling just past her shoulders. Like almost everyone else, she was watching the procession of mages with an expectant look on her face. It's just everyone else, like everyone, like almost everyone else. Eh, This isn't very well written. (laughs) Janie squinted, trying to see who had captured Henry's interest suddenly. Oh, she said finally. That's Cindy or Sydney or something. She's kind of... Well, she's not good people. I remember her being mean-spirited, very egotistical. She's stunning, Henry responded. Yeah, all men love blondes, Janie whispered, shaking her head. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm not going to whisper. My throat hurts. <laughs> yeah, all men love blondes, Janie whispered, shaking her head. Henry looked at her confused. Blonde? No, not her. The woman with the black hair and the robes, he corrected. Janie leaned toward him again, squinting across the room. Again. Wait. Janie Loit leaned toward him, squinting across the room again. Oh, she said somewhat louder. That's Margot. Margot Lafleur. I haven't seen her in years. Multiple mages in their vicinity now turned towards Janie, who was smiling. Now. Ugh, two nows in the same sentence. Lafleur, exclaimed Joe quietly. Lafleur? Stay away from them. They can be bad news. Very dangerous, another woman whispered. Henry turned to them confused, but Janie jumped in, waving her right hand in the air. Psh! Margo's a sweetheart. I'll introduce you after this. I have P-S-S-S-H as her psh. Kind of like a psh. It should have been a P-F-F-T, don't you think? Psh. Margo's a sweetheart. I'll introduce you after this. That would have been better. I'm going to count that as a typo. That's right. <laughs> Oh, and the Windows tablet decided I turned it, which I didn't. Okay. Uh, let me see. As if on cue, the older looking of two senior mages began speaking. Henry glanced toward him and then back across the room at the woman he now knew was named Margot. How exciting! It's Margot! <laughs> Welcome, newcomers, and thank you for accepting this assignment. My name is Elliot Rasmandin, and I am provost of this temple. Ugh, just like a college would have, right? Because they're all moving into their dorms. <laughs> I am joined by my senior director, Sir Roland Merlinda. Do you like how Merlin's and Merlinda? Very, uh, inventive. Ugh. I'm joined by senior director, Sir Roland Merlinda, who I'm sure you're all familiar with. The man named Roland raised his hand in a slight wave. Henry, of course, had not heard of either man, and he looked around at the other mages for their reaction. There was some murmuring after introductions, but Henry actually used the distraction as an excuse to linger on the black-haired woman across the room. Aww! Henry felt a sharp poke in his ribs. Turning, he found Janie whispering from the corner of her mouth, Raise your hand! When he squinted at her, she elbowed him again, and he raised his hand without question. Ah, four off-worlders. Please do try to pay attention, sir, said Elliot at the front of the temple. Some of the mages snickered. Henry lowered his hand in embarrassment. This assignment can be difficult for off-worlders, Roland lectured, simply because we're quite far from the comforts of the large cities. Adapting to the southern way of life... (laughs) All I'm picturing now is like... um, 
the southern way of life. I'm picturing that Time Life Southern Rock collection you could get on like late night TV in the 90s. I just remember the commercial. I was always fascinated by the, what, the, is it the fabulous Thunderbirds? Am I tough enough? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think Southern way of life. Am I tough enough by the Thunderbirds? <laughs> fabulous Thunderbirds? I think it is. I don't know. I haven't seen my, a Time Life commercial and I don't know how long. Jesus. Do you think people put those on YouTube? That would be embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Uh, Southern way of life. Blah, 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 blah. I totally can't find where I was. Ah, okay. Uh, remember that your contracts do have a clause allowing you to leave or transfer if you feel overwhelmed. As for starting tomorrow, Roland continued, the usual training sessions start in the morning. Warrior mages are expected present on the eastern training grounds at half past seven tomorrow for evaluations. Everyone else should report to the temple at nine where the warrior mages will join us for morning staff meetings. You're all expected to be up to speed quickly, Elliot added. You've all been trained to know your fields and we're confident you do. Are there any questions? Roland asked. The room remained awkwardly quiet. Good. There will be a welcoming dinner served in the check-in tent just outside. You'll be expected to either prepare your own meals from now on or dine at the commissary, located north of the temple. The meeting is adjourned. Please try and mingle so that you might all be familiar with your new co-workers, Elliot said, and he snapped shut a folder that he had been carrying. The two senior mages led their party back down the center aisle to leave. Do you think there's like a Catholic church kind of style singing while they leave? I kind of thought so. Well, that wasn't what I would call a warm reception either, Henry said to Janie and Joe. Not particularly, oh God, not particularly informative either. Janie nodded in agreement. So he says either two times in a row. Ugh. The... The booklet has a lot more information, Joe offered in an annoyingly ellipsed statement. Did you read through it? Henry shook his head to indicate he hadn't. Janie responded, We were having some drinks instead when we probably should have been reading up. She shrugged. There'll be time for reading later. Come on, let's see who's over on the other side. Ooh, and that is the end of chapter two. Well, that chapter was a whole lot of nothing, huh? Who enjoyed it? So I think I mentioned we'd miss, we'd meet some more characters, right? So who did we meet today? Uh, we met a bunch of no names. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Uh, I will say we met uh, one classic character that uh, I'm not particularly fond of, right? We saw Sir Roland showed up, right? And now we know his last name is Merlinda. Because it has Merlin in it, huh? Ooh, so clever. I'm sure I thought that was clever at the time. <laughs> but, okay, so we have him. But I think the big moment here was when Henry first laid eyes upon Margot. I actually thought in this chapter they'd speak, but apparently not. I guess that's next chapter, and that makes me scared next chapter is going to be, like, absurdly short. But let's see here. It's going to be about half as long if I page forward, but yes. So we didn't actually meet Margot, which is very annoying, but 
that was kind of why I was applying in the introduction when we were going to meet some uh, major, another major character. But we did get to hear Roland speak. See, so he's one of the heads of this freaking uh, organization, this temple or whatever, right? And we met some other like minor characters. I guess that's kind of a spoiler alert, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you think Henry and uh, Janie had a lot to drink? We're going to have to see how this goes. But uh, I think alcohol is going to play a major role in this book. Uh, what else? I don't know. This chapter was just so nothing. Like, they went to, what, they they got to see Henry's house, and then they had a staff meeting. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It's just very dull. <laughs> so... Anywho, I, I mean, uh, there's really nothing else happening in this chapter. What, what else am I going to say about it? I mean, I guess right in if you thought it was lame, because I certainly did. So we got some discussion questions. Okay, all right. So first question. When Henry arrives at his house, he actually just points at his backpack and, like, floats it over to him, right? So the discussion question here is why the hell... Did they carry all their packs, like their backpacks? I'm assuming backpacks. That's what I'm thinking of. Why were he and Janie carrying them if they could have just floated them the whole freaking time? Because remember, in Chapter 1, they were bitching about how heavy they were. Yeah. Why didn't they float them? It's got to be something like that takes... What do I want to say? Like, using magic, that's like a sprint. Like, you're going to run out of energy real quick. But, yeah, you know, if you only got to run, like, five yards, no problem. Right? But if you got to run two miles, you can't sprint that. So maybe floating packs. I can make it move 20 feet. That's no big deal. It The problem comes when I need to move it three miles. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah maybe that has something to do with it. I'm not sure. Seems like... I don't know what it seems like. I was going to say laziness to float it over to you, but... Wouldn't you just... It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that, let's be honest. It's not good. <laughs> you know what, though? All right, I'm going to call... This is fair, because I think in Harry Potter, they wheel their trunks around most of the time, right? And they could be floating things around, too, but they don't. So, guess what? Uh, Harry Potter does it, too. So, I... You know, I... And, of course, I'm comparing this fine piece of literature to the Harry Potter series. It's right on par, don't you think? It's about the same. All right, second discussion question. Okay, so Henry's little kitchen area has like a, a hearth or stove or whatever. Could you cook in a hearth, right? And I'm talking like, uh, you know, the I'm making hand motions like you can see me. The audience can see me, the live studio audience. But uh, I'm thinking of like... Something that happened like those 1800s villages. I've mentioned Sturbridge Village in Massachusetts before, which is supposed to be like early 1800s American living. Or like Colonial Williamsburg would count as this too. And they'd always have the kitchen with just, you know, they would just have a big giant fireplace with pots hanging in it, right? Could you cook in that? So I certainly couldn't. I, I would think people who camp could do something with that. You know, they could actually cook in that. I don't camp though. I'm a... I'm a suburban boy. I don't want to say city boy, because that implies I have some sort of street smarts. But I'm definitely not, like, a country boy. I'm definitely suburban America boy, you know what I mean? So I don't know how to cook in a hearth. <laughs> that would be bad. Ah, uh, I mean... I, like, how do you even deal with a frying pan? 
How, where do you put the frying pan? Well, we did prove in Bringing Balance you can magically heat frying pans. <laughs> That's how you make pancakes. All right, third discussion question. Okay, we met a few more named characters. So this question is, will we see these new characters again? And if so, how many times are they going to be mentioned? I'm th- Here I'm thinking of Devin and Alyssa, apparently, and... Elliot. Uh, we all know we're going to see Roland again, at least in the sequel, if not in this book. And we're probably going to see Margot again, even though she didn't speak in this chapter. And Joe's appeared in two chapters, which I think makes him a main character, don't you? Even though he's just awkward. I'm going to say supporting character. Yeah, you could probably get... In the film adaptation of this book, you could get best supporting actor for Joe's role in this, but not... If even, if even, I don't know, because I would think Janie might even count as like a best supporting actress in this. So eh, is Joe even eligible for that? I'm just assuming this will be made into a movie. So, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't it? Uh, So, you know what? Write in with your answers to discussion questions, especially with like your guess at how many times we're going to see Alyssa, Devin and Elliot again. I happen to know who's going to appear again for sure, but I will give a hint that I do not remember one of their names. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll be fair. I don't remember two of their names because one of them does appear again and is useless. It's not a plot-building device, so we'll have to see. It's very exciting, right? So this book chapter was, oof, it was brutal to read because literally nothing happened in it. And I feel kind of bad for my listeners this week. Uh, you know what helps if you drink whiskey while you listen to this? Because it certainly helps when you read it. I don't think we ran into any major typos in this one. I, all I said was that should have been pfft, right? And uh, I don't think there was really anything else that stuck out. Wow. This is surprising, huh? I did some good editing. I must not have been drinking whiskey while I tried to go through this book. <laughs> you know what? It'll probably get progressively worse, though, as we move through it. I, I bet it's going to be bad towards the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anywho, if you do want to contact me with answers to your discussion questions, uh, my email address would be jba at sdf.org. Or you can reach me on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. Or you can reach me on Mastodon at JBA at Mastodon.sdf.org. And since those are acronyms and you can't understand what I'm saying, head on over to JeffReadsHisBook.com where there are actual links. So you can just click on those and do all the things I just said. And yeah, write in with the discussion questions or, you know, if you like this chapter, which was exceptionally dull. I mean, I guess the highlight is Henry saw Margot across the room, but they didn't actually meet. So that's kind of like, I don't know. It seems lame. It's just like, ugh. I was kind of excited they were going to meet this episode. And then when I realized the chapter was just going to end, I was like, oh, God, this is so anticlimactic. But I don't know. So we'll be back next week with Chapter 3, which, as I said, will be shorter. And hopefully, I will be reading out of a paper book if Amazon can get its shit together, 
which I'm guessing they can't, and I still won't have a book. I mean, it's already been 10 days. Why would I expect it to be here in, what, 17 days? I mean, there's no reason to think it'd be any faster. Ugh, stupid Amazon. Anyway, until next time, keep on reading! <laughs>